Look in your Bibles to Psalm 6511. We won't do the confession today. Um, we'll go on and, and uh, I want to review quickly. Remember, Wednesday night is your home fellowship. If you're not in home fellowship or common ground, forgive me for home fellowship. I realize it's common ground. So whatever name you want to give it, just be there. And uh, listen carefully, and we'll, I want to review a few things. But Pastor Hank said at the first of the year that he said, Let it be known that those who decree, speak, and look for my goodness will live swimming in my rivers of blessings and increase. You'll not be removed from your place. I'm crowning you with my goodness and shutting you in and lifting you up. So no matter what's going on in the world right now, and there's a lot going on, a lot of native things, a lot of tragic things, a lot of evil things. God is still a good God. And he wants to bless his people. He wants his, his people, his sons and daughters, to experience his blessings, his goodness, his favor. And so it's important that you decree it, speak it, and look for it. Amen. So Psalm 6511 says, what should the believer expect as we come to the end of the year? Look at this in Psalm 6511. It says, you are referring to God the Father will crown the year with your goodness. Well, the year's not over yet, is it? So you need to start looking for, speaking about, decreeing goodness. Because it's coming. If you're not experiencing his goodness now, then start looking for it. Start talking about it. Start expecting it. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm expecting some things. I don't have time, but I'm not going to read it here. Apostle Mike gave a prophecy for the church for next year. That's a good thing. It's a good word. But what do we need to do? We need to look at it. Talk about it. Expect it. Amen. So how many of you remember, what, what does goodness mean in the Greek? Anybody take notes? What? Charitable? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. That, um, because really down, if we're going to boil it down, goodness is just doing something good. Doing something good. You and I should do good things. Amen. What scripture proves that Jesus was a great philanthropist? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing. See, that one key word is doing. If you're a born-again believer and you love the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will do good. Because the church should go about doing good. Amen? Besides healing people, what did the ministry of Jesus provide? What did, did he provide miracles? You know, he provided, you know, the miracle and, and uh, multiplying the loaves and the fishes. He, he healed people, did he not? But what else did the ministry of Jesus Christ provide the people of, uh, or the nation of Israel when he walked the earth? 
Did he have a treasure? Who was, who was his treasure? Who took care of the money? Judas. Did they, were they poor? No, no. The Lord Jesus Christ and his band of disciples, they had money. They had wealthy people behind them, following them. And so their treasury was full. What did they do? What do you think they did with that money? They helped the poor. They helped people. That's, that's key. That is so important. If you're going to do good, yeah, pray for the sick. Pray for people, but give of like we did last week. Was that a good thing in supporting the ministry of Apostle Mike? Sure it was. That's doing good. What, what must the church combat and, and what should the believers resist in these last days? Got any ideas? Well, the world, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a word. This is what you need to come against. This is what you need to resist selfishness because it tells us in Timothy that in the last days people will be consumed by them with themselves and so what you and I need to do is go out of our way okay now do you remember what I asked you two weeks ago thank you but don't say anything what what did I ask you two weeks ago to do now if you weren't here two weeks ago you're exempt from this what I asked you to do do something. So tell me, people, give me some example. What would you do? How did you do good? Oh, be bold. Be, be strong. The Lord thy God is with you. Come on. What did you do? I gave you an assignment. If you flunked, then, I, I, boy, you're in trouble. You went, I know, because I ran into you one. You went and saw Lisa, okay, and when she was in the nursing home. That's doing good. What else? Yes. Just just a simple thing by going and taking care of your mother's needs. Okay? What else? What the rest of you do? Is this like high school? You they give you assignments and you just I'm not listening to the teacher. I'm not gonna do it. What'd you do? Really? On on how not to tithe. Why not to tithe? Oh, how to tithe. Okay, so just a simple thing by sharing, you know, how good the blessing of tithing. Okay, what else? What else? Did anybody else do good? Okay, that's a good thing. I'm listening. Anybody else? Yeah. Really? You could pray just, you mean with them? While they were in the chair? She works for a dentist. I've had nobody, nobody's ever asked to pray for me at the dental office. All they do is want my money. I'm going to tell them, my dentist, what you do. And they better make some changes, huh? Okay, these are all, this is what I'm talking about. Just simple things you can do every day, okay? It's vital. Now. Look at Psalm 31. We're not going to get very far today because I do, this, this is a special day because um, we're going to baptize Lily. And I'd like to have you hang around, and, and that's why I'm not going to go through my, all my sermon today. But um, 
because that is that is important, and we want you to to take part in that. In Psalm thirty-one, verse nineteen. Now, how many of you want to experience God's goodness? How many of you want your year crowned with the goodness of God? Okay. Oh. Jeez. Well, I want to tell you some things in, in, in the few weeks, in the weeks ahead. God does want to bless his people. He, he does want us as, as children, his children and his kids to experience his goodness. But how many of you, if you knew you could do something to speed up the process, how many of you, if, if you knew there's some things that you could initiate in your own lives, you know, to experience his goodness, would you do it? Yeah, sure you would. Okay, so I'm going to give you a, some things, and we'll look at one thing, and uh, I, I believe it'll benefit you. And and our first one is in Psalm 31:19. Psalm 31:19. Then I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. It says, "Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who what." God's goodness is laid up for those who what? Does that mean to be afraid? Well, yeah, in a way it does. Which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of man. So if you and I walk in reverential fear of God Almighty and trust him, what will happen? We'll experience his goodness. These are just simple things, but it's the Word of God. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Psalm 31, verse 19, the Amplified says, How great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, now listen, revere, and worship you. See, a little extra there. So if you really truly fear and trust God, you're going to experience his goodness. But here in the Amplified, it expands the meaning. It means to worship. You mean, preacher, if I, if I learn how to worship God, I'll experience his goodness? Yeah. Boy, right, right there, there's a, something there to motivate you and I to experience his goodness is just learn how to worship him like we did this morning. Wasn't that wonderful? I don't mind going on in worship and having longer worship if there's an anointing there, and today it was good. Not that it's not good every week, but there are times and seasons where we just need to worship God. How great is your goodness which you've laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. Now, I'm going to divine, define the fear of God to you. And it's we could go on and on about that. But to fear God means this in the Hebrew. It means to be afraid of someone or something. Do you think Moses was afraid when he that bush started on fire? <laughs> yeah. It means to stand in awe of something or someone possessing great power to revere someone. Its basic meaning is to be afraid. The fear of God, now listen, is not a terror that he is against us 
or will strike without cause or warning. Now listen, this is because this is what I want you to see, and I'm going to stop here today, if that's all right. You won't get mad if I don't preach to you a long time. Because I want you to get it, and, and it's important. We're going to go on with this, and I'll, we'll take it apart step by step. Now listen, because this is what I want you to understand. If you're taking notes, then you should write this down. The fear of the Lord, and why do we want the fear of the Lord? To experience his goodness, don't lose track of that. Rather, the fear of the Lord produces wise, healthy action. Wise, healthy action. That's what the fear of the Lord produces. So if you're a child of God and you walk in fear of him, you're going to produce wise, healthy action. All right. I'm going to unhook there today. I've got three examples of the fear of God. How many of you remember Abraham? Uh We talked, Pastor Brad talked about him today. We're going to look at Abraham next week. We're going to look at Joseph. And we're going to look to the midwives. Do you remember those that took Moses out of the river as a baby? Each one of them walked in the fear of the Lord. Each one of these examples, they produced wise, healthy actions. And because they produced wise, healthy action, they experienced the goodness of God. 